So yeah, uh, if any um, patrons watch the video, they can now see my messy back room. I got no place for my clothes. I was gifted two two drawers for all my clothes. So I just had to fold gifted shit. Two drawers. Yeah. So I just had to fold shit and put it up on the, the an empty tub behind me. I don't know. Yeah, I can't be bothered. No, I, I gotcha. All right. I'm also uh, dealing with a little sinus thing. So uh, if I cough, I'll try to hit the mute button. But if I miss it, apologies in advance. You're going to give all the listeners COVID. I hope not. Uh, yeah. So that's that's all special stuff for the for the patrons. Do I sound husky? Sensual nasaliness yeah. going on. I like it. I wish I could have this all the time. Maybe I should just artificially stuff up my nose. And I also wish I could. Maybe I should uh, smoke a pack of cigarettes right before we do every podcast. <laughs> so I sound even cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Throat cancer be damned. This is episode 248 of the Illustrious Gentleman Podcast. That's Scott Gadleski. I'm Ryan Cody. He's a comic book artist. I'm a comic book artist. He's drawing Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes for DC Comics. He's literally drawing it right now, I assume. And I color that book. And uh, issue three is out uh, tomorrow when this podcast comes out. Ah, I did not open. I did not open my comps yet, so I don't know how well it printed. But I'm going to say it's beautiful. The comps. I'm going to say it's pretty. Oh, I'm I'm sure it is. Yeah. And the bummer with it being a DC, you know, is bum, bummer with it being a big two book instead of like something we own is uh, we could put it, we could sell them on Friday if it was something we owned, but uh, nope, got to wait till Tuesday. Oh. And and I won't be in an thing Tuesday. Yeah. You can't sell your comps before the issue's out. I guess that's an ethics thing. Yeah, it's spoilers, man. And there's some spoilers in issue three. So I, I highly recommend Tuesday, May 10th, everyone pick up the third issue of Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes. J Losh. Um <laughs> for those yeah. <laughs> for you hip you uh hip to the yeah hip to the book. But it's two L, so it's like Jlosh. I should roll the L's there, but I can't do it right now. Become a Patreon supporter of this fine podcast that you're listening to. Uh, and another podcast I do, and sometimes I put process stuff up there. I put up a process page thing, a process tutorial. Last week, I put up an essay, a short essay, uh, about coloring uh, Stuart Eminem's cover for um, for Impossible Jones. So I made a bunch of posts last week. So someone reward me for that and go to patreon.com slash super75studios. And every once in a while, I get a wild hair up my ass, and I buy Scott lunch, or I buy Scott a bottle of something. So you're wild you're helping hair. us, you're helping us both. Uh, also, you can visit tigshow.com/slash/merch to pick up one of our shirts, a coaster, a sticker. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at tig underscore show stickers. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can subscribe, you can download, you can uh, heart it, you can leave us a comment, leave us five stars can ignore it do all those things uh and every episode uh links from tigshow.com uh <clears throat> since you're working i tried to push this as late as possible hoping you might have a cocktail or something but it looks like it looks like you're you're really focusing yeah i don't do that anymore okay so you're off the sauce i'm on the sauce i literally have <laughs> two drinks in front of me uh but one is not special one is uh, I read somewhere, and this is incorrect. I, no, no, I heard this on a podcast. I took it for true, and I found out through WebMD that it is not true. But I was oh. listening to a podcast, and they said that because tequila is plant-based and not uh, like wheat-based, that it is uh, it's an upper instead of a depressant. That that's what this podcast said. So that's what you get. You get like a little. You feel a little up after drinking tequila. Uh, that's not true at all. It is just as much a depressant as all other. Alcohol. Yeah, that sounds like bullshit. Yeah, but for a day I believed it, and I'm like, oh, let me try. I haven't had tequila in fucking forever, uh, and there's probably a reason for that. So I bought a bottle, cheap bottle, yeah. like a $12 bottle of Cuervo Silver or something. It's I like don't know. a glass of V8. Yeah, exactly. It's going to help me get over the sinus infection. I'm going to wake up tomorrow like uh, like uh, Snow White. Like birds will come into my room, and they'll make the bed yeah. for me. Pull up, chipper. Yeah, pull up my chonies like for chipper me. Chipper Jones. Yeah. 
Nice pull. World Series champion, baby. 1996 Braves? Five. Maybe 95, 95. Whatever. Um, I still haven't forgiven them for that one night out at the club, you know, back in back in hot Atlanta. We'll keep that. We'll keep that between ourselves. Uh, uh, so, anyways, I um, I poured a little drink of uh, soda water, lemon juice, or yeah, sorry, lime juice. You know, the 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 plastic bottle you can buy that you squeeze the, the lime juice like a lemon, shaped like a lit. Yeah, shaped like a lemon, but it's lime juice. I think they just dye the fucking container. It still yeah, has weird. the yellow lid. Yeah. Uh, so a couple squirts of that. Uh, one and a half shots of uh, Cuervo Silver, uh, some soda water that I make here on premises, and uh, I got I do have a, a lime Dipstream. wedge as yeah I do have a lime wedge as well, and uh, instead of salting the rim, I just put some salt right in the cocktail. It's my new thing. I'm salting my vodka cocktail, salting my gin cocktails. How's that going? Pretty good. The key is you have to salt on the ice because otherwise it just sinks right to the bottom. Mm. So you salt salt your ice. But, uh, you know, you were a solid uh, about 12 minutes past when ice pushed us till. So my ice melted. So it's, it's water, soda water, lime juice, lime, salt, tequila. And it tastes like tequila. It tastes like shitty tequila. Yeah, I've, I've lived out here nearly my whole life. I don't think I've ever had tequila. Yeah, I've uh, the last time I really remember having it, like outside of like a margarita, which I don't drink that often. Um, we all did shots at this bar to celebrate uh, uh, a friend getting pregnant, so it was actually planned, you know. So it was a reason to oh, celebrate. Oh, it was a good thing. Yeah. So I was we we're at Monkey Pants, one of my favorite dive bars, and we all got. Uh, I think it was Quivers, Quervo Silver, like one step up from the worst shit, and uh, but they had a chiller. They have a blast chiller. So they'll blast chill your shot. And so you're getting like a one degree over freezing shot of tequila and that stuff, it, it's no problem. So drink tequila, drink it cold or drink it in a margarita. Cause this is a little rough, but um, I don't know what possessed me to even get it. Like I've never had a good time on tequila. I, I think it makes me fighty. I think it makes me shitty a little bit. So I'm keep I'm keeping it to one, one tequila cocktail a night or at least two night. We'll see how the weekend goes. Um, all right. So you're not drinking. That's a bummer. That's fine though. Everyone's has their own, you know, life to live. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, for TikTok. Uh, so this is going to be like an all Rex all the time. No facts, all Rex kind of episode, because we got to do something and you're drawing a comic. So I'll just talk. Yeah, I'm drawing a character. Who you could give me a hundred chances to give you the name of this character and I couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know without seeing it. I, I don't know either. I mean, you, you I have to uh, go look at the script. I have no idea who this is. Yeah, there's just so many. I mean, just I think uh, I'm sure Brian will post it on his uh, sub stack maybe this week or next, but or he posted the line art on his sub stack. So if you follow Brian Bendis, is yeah, if you follow his uh, what he calls it, email blast, his his whatever, his if you blast. follow that. Yeah, his blast. If you get the Bendis blast. If you get the Bendis blast directed directly into your inbox, like I do, right? Uh, he 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 posted the black and white cover to issue six, that uh, I believe I counted, and it has forty characters on the cover. Does that sound about right? You'd yeah, probably. I yeah. I didn't count, but yes, I think at the start of the series it was something like that. There's. Superman Leaguers <laughs> seven. And then there's like 31 or 32 mm. Legionnaires. Yeah, you know, someone out there is gonna notice the Legionnaire who showed up in issue two that's not on the cover for issue six. But then spoiler alert, maybe they died. Huh. I don't even know who it is. No, I don't know. I'm just telling you someone. Oh, okay. Someone'll know. I don't know. I didn't All leave I... anybody out, god damn it. All I know is when you were drawing it in my head, I'm like, just finish that cover so I can get started on it. And then when I had to color it, it easily took probably more than twice as long as anything I've ever colored so far. And I didn't even flat it girl on it. (laughs) X-ray girls never had a line in any comic ever. Well, invisible boys on there somewhere too. 
He's right in front. He's giving the finger. There is a space between two characters that is supposed to be invisible void. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, Pharaoh Lad. Pharaoh Lad did not make it onto the cover. Yeah, he did. No. I think he's in the top right. Who am no. I thinking of? That has, he has the know. iron symbol with the goatee. Element Lad. Oh. Pharaoh Lad is just a chunk of iron, right? I don't know. He's got oh, that stone. That's like Stone Boy, I think. Stone Boy is a, it's yeah, just a. I, sorry. Whatever. Pharaoh Lad stands. How dare you? Uh, yeah. So uh, we don't really, I don't have much TikTok. I'm sure you have zero notes. Uh, I did send you a link so you could see this because apparently a couple weeks ago when we last talked, I placed a link in this doc file and I forgot all about it till today. And I'm so happy I saw it. It's a link to a company who's making uh, DC branded wedding rings. Yes. Yes. For when you want to say I love you just a little less than I love the Flash, the DC wedding bands. And of course, they're gender specific. So the Wonder Woman one is a thin band. Yeah. All the other ones are thick, thick, Terrible. thick bands. And for some reason, they call that cricket's back. And for some yeah. reason, they call uh, they call the Batman band the Bruce Wayne band. But the other ones are Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. That's weird. Superman. But yes, if you ever wanted to really uh, find out if your spouse truly, truly loves you, uh, you could you could buy DC-themed wedding bands. You thinking about upgrading? Thinking about sure. swapping something out? Yeah, that's not like a thing you do, like at the ceremony, right? Right? I mean, even if you're getting like married at Comic-Con, you're not given... Somebody a Joker wearing. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. It was. I don't think Green Lantern. I think Green Lantern got cut and Joker got put in. Yeah. So the only minority got taken out in, in place of a homicidal maniac. I'm sorry. My Green Lantern is John Stewart. Your your mileage may vary. How Jordan stands. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I would like to meet and talk to the person. Who buys this? Like, I hope that at a con no, this summer, don't. someone comes up and has that that red that Superman one that's a blue ring with a red line through it, or maybe that's the Flash one. I'm sorry. No, but, Flash uh, was the black with what I assume is a wraparound red lightning right. bolt, uh, but in the picture it just looks like a line. Okay, I don't know. I, I guess the Bruce Wayne is the one you could pull off without looking like a douche. It's just black on black, which with what they call black diamonds. But trust me, folks. It's not. It doesn't have thirty tiny Bruce black doesn't diamonds. Doesn't strike me as a diamond guy. No. Shouldn't it be That's, titanium or something? Or? Yeah. It should definitely be something where if you drop the engine block from the Batmobile on your hand, it's going to save your hand. Right. Right. Like I think I might have told this story, but my dad once dropped a transmission on his hand. That and sucks. It, it, his wedding band stopped it from crushing his fingers. Huh. And then, and then forever after that, he has a flat spot on his wedding band. It's like uh, the scene in the Abyss. Where Ed Harris gets his ring stuck in the door that's closing. Yeah, it's called degloved, and nobody wants that. Degloved, right? That's what happens when your ring pulls your skin off your finger. Oh, I didn't. Wow, there's a term for it. It happens that often. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, yeah, but that's nasty. I don't even wear mine. I, my as, as soon as I got it, I got so fat that I can't. Just it won't come off. There. Like now, well, now it's off. Like it was oh. starting to get too too hard to take on and off because at one point it was too thin or too loose, so I'd take it off when I showered, and then it, my finger became too sausage-like, uh, you know, too much like a ballpark Frank or a you know, a nice beer right. brat, right? So I haven't worn it in forever. I know where it is, but then my wife tells me she only spent like twenty dollars on it. It's from China or something, so it's not a big deal. She wears hers, and that's all that fucking matters in today's America. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. As long as she does what she's supposed to do, I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, <clears throat> I guess I'm just going to talk here. Feel free to jump in and save me at any point. Otherwise, it's going to be a 20-minute podcast. Uh, I did want to talk real quick. When this, uh, when this episode drops, already available would be this uh, side side podcast I'm doing. And I know, listener, you've, you've been through this twice with me before. I did two episodes of a Harry Potter one, maybe one of that one. I can't remember. And then I did like two or three of like an interview style one a couple of years ago. But uh, 
those times, I don't think I had a focus. Now I have a focus and it's called super fun weekend. And it's all about talking to, uh, for lack of a better term, creative professionals. I really want to think of a better term, but, uh, people who travel for work that aren't businessmen that, you know, they're, uh, you know, they go to, they go to comic cons, they go to fucking, uh, you know, maybe they're an actor and they go to, uh, go on set or they, you know, comic cons or, or they, if they act, they travel to go to set. Uh, I talked to Jay Farber. uh, Yeah. 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 I talked to Jay Farber because he works on set, you know, out of town. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I talked to so far. I've talked to Michael Cho, uh, illustrator, cover artist from Marvel and DC. I've talked to Jay Farber, writer on DC Supergirl, but also writer of comic books. Jay Farber doing here? Uh, He just wrapped, I think, Supergirl. And then uh, he did not uh, divulge what's next. Uh, and then I also talked to uh, John Lehman as well. So, and uh, so if you like Sorry. honest, if you like a super honest podcast, John Lehman, he is just throwing cons under the bus <laughs> left and right. So yeah, that kind of thing. Like uh, the, the um, and again, for lack of a better word, the dichotomy of the work vacation, right? Like you're there to make money. And uh, if you're a guest of the show, I, I often feel like I owe the show something. So I try to be there and at the whole time it's open and that kind of stuff versus the the hang afterwards or sticking around maybe an extra day and traveling. So it's all about traveling as a creative professional when you have to travel for work, when, when those lines blur, which you, you've been to like one or two out of town conventions. So you're terrible. You're not going to be a guest is what I'm saying. You're not on the first season of super fun weekend. Well, well, this this partnership is over. I guess I'm not going to be listening. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess technically you are traveling like 30 miles to go to Phoenix Con, so. <laughs> Sorry, Phoenix Fan Fusion. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, so, so uh, yeah, check out, uh, Google it wherever you can. Super Fun Weekend, it's available on all the platforms. Uh, I think on social media, it's Super Fun Pod. Uh, or you can go to anchor.fm slash superfun. It's not super fun. So super fun pod, I believe. I didn't copy. I'm adding it to my sub list now. Yes. Just, yeah, just go to your whatever you listen to. Search for super fun weekend. First episode drops on Friday, which this podcast comes out on Monday. So Michael Cho's episode will be out by the time you listen to this beautiful sonic uh, sculpture that we're, that we're creating. Uh, so yeah, that's fun. I'm I love tra- right now. <laughs> cool. I love traveling. I love like it's so it's so like today I went for a walk and uh, I just cut down all these side streets because I'm like, oh, I've probably never been down this street. So maybe something exciting will happen. Right. Like, like I keep thinking like maybe like uh, like in Back to the Future, someone will pull up in a van and they'll jump out and kidnap me or something, you know, like something exciting has to happen at some point in your life. Right. Out of the blue. I mean, it doesn't have to. I mean, not something you work it for. It's, ex- it's exciting when you get a fun gig or when you get to work on a fun book. That's exciting, but it's not the like the universe doesn't owe you anything. I realize that, but you know what? The secret to that is I don't know the universe anything. Obviously, I color comic books. I'm in my mid 40s, and I now have two podcasts to disappoint people with. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I'm looking forward to it. I want to ask you. I don't think anything of it. But in a lot of scripted stuff, I feel like I have a podcast is now on even footing insult wise with living in your mom's basement. Yeah, I, uh, you hear I think these I, jokes. Yeah, I think I listened to a. I think I was watching a show and they made a comment about like, someone said like, oh, he's got a podcast. And then everyone's like, yeah, we, you yeah. know, and then I got a pod. And so it's like, it went around the room at like a party. It's like everyone had a podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Which, which is fine. It, it's, 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 uh, what's the point of having it? What is it serving a point? This, ep- this podcast, 248 episodes in, I think we're finally getting somewhere, man. I think it's finally starting to, <laughs> the water's starting up. The water's starting to boil. That's what I'm saying. I think we're no. reaching our. <laughs> I think we're reaching our zenith. I think we're the frog. (laughs) 
but yeah, I just want to talk to people. And if they want to talk to me, it also helps. It's like my own version of uh, Toastmasters, right? That's what it's called to get you better to speak in public. Oh, you know, I have to talk to, yeah. I have to talk to these, these creators that I normally wouldn't, or, you know, I normally don't talk to, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's not like, it's yeah, not like a uh, point. talking to you every week. Um, speaking of talking to you every week, uh, Acme X happened, I guess, by the time this came out. Can so for, yeah, I can't believe it did. I know. Jesus I can't Christ. believe it. Like that guy's nose will never be the same. Um, but so I wanted to his pants. I wanted to talk a little bit about the guests this year because uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think last episode we talked about is the juice worth the squeeze, and I don't know if it is to continue Acme. We'll have to see. Um, so if this is the last year I'm doing it, it's a good. It, it's uh, got a good lineup, I think, and I'm excited about it. So I thought, why not put a couple, sh- put some shine, a few seconds of shine on the guests for Acme X uh, that already happened. But uh, I, I urge listener, if he's not familiar with any of these people, to Google them. So I'll say a name. They can jot it down. Go ahead and get your pencil and pen. You know, you got to lick the, the pencil tip, right? That's what you got to do. You got to get your paper, lick your pencil tip. <laughs> do you know what purpose that serves? Uh, I do not. It probably had something to do before it was graphite when it was actually lead. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a thing. It's 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 just like that. It's just like that thing where they're like, "Give me the room," and everyone leaves so they can talk. Licking the pencil lead is something I've only ever seen in uh, TV and movies, and it's always a reporter who's trying to yes really really get a story down pat. Uh, so Maybe that's where it originated. Maybe it's only a movie thing. Maybe, uh, but yes. So Ekmiak finished. It's over. But I wanted to get a little shine on the crew. Uh, so first of all. Uh, a guest, a first, the only first-time guest, I believe, this year, and it's Alexis Zirit, uh, who is now an Arizona resident. So everyone Acme on this virgin. list is from Arizona, and uh, he's an Acme virgin. That's right. Uh, originally, I believe, from Venezuela. And when he was talking about Venezuela last time I saw him, uh, my ears weren't good, and his accent—I wasn't used to his accent yet—and I thought he said Minnesota. And so I'm like, well, I'm like, so I said. Because he said, like, oh, I li- where I lived in Venezuela it was like Flagstaff, like mountainous and snowy. But then I said, so where'd you live in Minnesota? Oh, and yeah. He said, and he's like, what? Land of a said, thousand lakes, right? Yeah. I was like, Minnesota's pretty pretty flat. Where'd you find some mountains? And he just looked at me like I was a fucking idiot, which I am. So Alexis, uh, he, does work for, he, he does work for comics. He's done work for Black Mask. He also draws Fortnite load screens, which I assume is what a, awesome. lot of, a lot of kids are going to know him from. And he also draws magic cards, which I think a lot of 30-year-old geeks yeah. are going to know him from. My 14-year-olds bring his computer for him to sign. Oh, good. Yeah, make sure he boots it up and or, or get a screenshot of it, print it out on a laser printer, if you will, and then Alexis will sign it. No, he's just going to pull the load screen up on his, on his monitor. He's going to have him sign the monitor. My 14-year-old's yeah. an idiot. <laughs> so, so I know Alexis a little bit because... Years ago, we both worked with uh, Fabian Ronhell Jr. on books, and uh, Fabian was a hustler, as is uh, as is Alexis. So, uh, we, I think we talked and hung out once in Heroes years ago, and then I just had a beer with him a couple weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, he's he's uh, he's an exciting art, uh, artist. Uh, he has a lot of like respect among his peers; like everyone loves him. You know, he's got a lot of Twitter followers that are Let's other creators. Yeah, we'll see once uh, John Layman's done with him. But uh, yeah, Alexis is great. Everyone should uh, come and see him, or should have come and saw him. They did. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, next up is uh, Scott Kodleski, currently drawing for DC Comics. One of my favorite like, artists. So, right now. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, I got to color three covers. One was by Stuart Emanen. One was by Andy Kuhn, who I love. And one was by you. And what a great week that was. Oh, to, boy to be able to, to, to work on three different covers. And I can't wait for people to see the, the one I did for Andy Kuhn. It's uh, it's for a book that holds a lot of uh, sway in people's hearts, even though I'm a heathen and I never really followed it, but uh, I have you, the first volume. Yeah. Yeah. You, you might've been a fan cause he was on a cartoon and I'm not saying anymore. That's all I'm saying. Get, stop twisting yeah. my arm. I won't say anymore. Can I, it was pinky in the brain. Sorry. <laughs> oh, 
I'm more of an Animaniacs guy myself, but they're fine. So yeah, everyone should check out Scott's work. They should be buying our comic anyways. I'm going to say our comic. Um, you know, you, me, uh, I think Marshall. That's all. No, yeah, uh, no, Dave Sharp is the letterer. And then uh, Brian Bendis, I believe, is the writer. Uh, but yes, Scott, you're have great. I already, uh, have I already commented on Dave Sharp being a local radio DJ? No, no. Like that's that's what he sounds like, Dave Sharp in the mornings. No, like isn't he? He's a longtime Phoenix DJ. Like there's a there's a longtime Phoenix personality, DJ. Dave Sharp. I don't know that. I think so. I think you're talking about the guy who letters our comic, and that would be even better. <laughs> no. Get like it could be like get to the point with Dave Sharp or like you in know. the nineties, I think he was the host of some You don't so you're not saying it's the same person, are you? No, I'm not saying it's the same person. Oh. Just okay. the same name. What if our letterer was a junior? A junior? Yeah, maybe it's Dave. Maybe Dave Sharp. Oh, I his dad. Maybe we met him on Friday. You know, maybe he maybe came by. He's like, did. hey, want, want to say hi, guys? Okay, man, pull up a chair. Uh, all right. So I got through you. John Layman's next. Uh, John, I, I really uh, appreciate John. He writes fun stuff and. Um, I think when I see the premise of it, the reality of it's better, which is good, right? Like, like you, you get the you get the soft sell for or the hard sell for Chew, and you don't think it's going to run for whatever seventy issues and a bunch of omnibuses and win Eisners and stuff like that. Like he's uh, he's really good at writing um, eclectic stories. Yeah, yeah, and he's also. He's also uh, very honest. He's a great hang. Uh, I appreciate his honesty in this business. Uh, very, very few creators are as honest as John is, and I appreciate that. So uh, shout out to Layman. All right, next up is Val Hotchberg. That's her That's her pre-married name, but I think it's her professional name. And uh, she's been doing the damn thing for a long time. She does uh, Mystery Babylon. I think it's a Webtoon book. She has a Patreon uh, before Mystery Babylon, she did Kick Girl, which I think might be in Mystery Babylon. I believe that's true. And uh, she's uh, always working, always drawing, and always in like a great mood. Like she's like, uh, she is the tequila of the convention. She's getting you pumped up. She's not depressing you. You know what I'm saying? Go talk to Val. You're going to come out. You're going to be jacked. You're going to want to punch someone in the face. You're going to want to go <laughs> draw a page, you know? So, yeah, that was great. Check out Mystery Babylon. Uh, Gonzo, Jay Gonzo. Uh, I affectionately call him Jay. Uh, he's like a real deal artist, uh, you know, created his own brand. Uh, and studio he's all, mate. Yeah, my studio mate. And he's also like one of those dudes who thinks about every single decision as if it's a storytelling decision. You know, like like uh, he puts a, a, an enormous amount of thought into every creative decision he makes, which is the complete opposite of me. Uh, so uh, it's it's cool. I learned some stuff from him. Uh, I you know he listened to this podcast at some point, so maybe he's learned some stuff from me. Maybe what he's learned from me is not what not to do. You know, maybe he didn't give as much of a shit until we started working together all day, and then he's like, I got to start giving bigger shits. Um, <laughs> but yes, Gonzo has a has a book out through Top Cow, a graphic novel called uh, La Mano del Destino. The second volume is coming out soon. He just contributed to a Cheech and Chong book through Z2 Comics, who does music comics, which, okay. I don't know if there's a band I'd love in the world that I would uh, read a comic book about. Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> no, I, no, I worked on a comic book about that. Pixies. I worked on a comic book about the Pixies. But again, I, I just did that to work with you. I made, I made you draw for me like a monkey. And then... Uh, and then that was a, that was a special a special point in our relationship, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not like I read. It's not like if like if there was a monthly Pixies comic, I would not read it. If there was a graphic novel biography of the, you Pixies, don't have the Kiss Omnibus. I do not have the Kiss Nibus. Uh But yeah, Gonzo's good. Check him out, La Mano del Destino. If you don't already know, uh, he's got his whole brand of uh, Latinx and luchador shit. It's great. Um, Next on the list, I think this guy's been in every single you have as well. You, maybe Val and Jay Photos so far has been at every single Acme. Um, Jay Photos is a colorist. Uh, he's a, he can ink. He's he's inked. He's publishes books. He designs books. I think he's written books. 
He's like the Renaissance blue collar comics guy. Um, and he can kind of do it all. And he knows how to pitch. He's a good salesman. We rec- we recorded an episode in his kitchen, mm, I believe. Yes. And he, he yep. showed us some sculptures and shit that he's made. Like he, he does it all. And uh, he has a booth from one of my favorite bars in Phoenix in his kitchen as well, which is super rad. So uh, jphotos.com, I believe, is that website. But he also colors Lock and Key, which is having a resurgence now thanks to Netflix. So uh, good for Jay. Next up is my uh, second or third favorite, Ryan. Uh, it's tough to tough to keep them all in order, but Ryan Quackenbush. Uh, if, if you're at, ever at a show that he's at, go flip through his original art. Like This dude is... He might be one of your favorite local guys, favorite local guy, as far as he's a legit illustrator. You know, he should be making like uh, covers for Criterion Collection DVDs and magazine covers and shit. And uh, for the last few years, he's been drawing a comic that I think they're waiting till it's done to announce it. But it, uh, it should be a fun. I'm excited for him when that gets announced because he's drawing it. He's coloring it. Uh, I'm excited to see it. So Ryan Quackenbush, ladies and gentlemen, one of two Ryans at the show. The superior Ryan that was there Friday. Oh, That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, Mike Macropolis, who has been a guest at almost all of these, and I misspell his name every single time, but just like uh, Ryan Quackenbush, he's just like super creative and an energetic kind of storyteller who, if was given the right opportunity or put on the right book, I think he'd be a huge name. He's got like a Paul Pope style kind of work, uh, kind of the. Um, look to his work aesthetic that's a good way to put it um but mike's a great dude and uh he's another guy he could could probably just be an illustrator if he wanted he wants you know if he wants to tell comics he could tell comics i don't think every comic book artist could be an illustrator but these last two dudes definitely could Uh, so check him out mac mike macropolis next up the og the og he's been there he's been there for as long as anybody in phoenix uh, Jimmy Jam, Hannah, J- Jimmy Jam, Jim Hannah. Oh, I think I think my drink and my medicine is getting to me. But uh, yeah, he's he's a really great person. He tells really fun stories. He tells stories that he like wants to tell, which is I think kind of unique. Um, whether it's about his dog or '80s action films, Jim Hannah and a Ding Dong. He's been around. You know he's. Uh, if I'm the guy who's forcing everyone to get together, like if I would be that kind of spackle that tries to keep the community together, uh, Jim is like the, he's like the fun uncle who just shows up and everyone loves him. And then he just leaves and he shows up late, leaves early, doesn't do any of the work, but everyone loves him no matter what. That's uh jam and Jim Hanna right there. Um, everybody loves Jim. That should be the name of a documentary about him in the Phoenix comic scene. <clears throat> Next up. Mr. Tyler Button, who, uh, spoiler alert, he didn't even show up on Friday. Like, oh. Man, like, what's going on, dude? Canceled. Uh, but that's okay. He's a, he's a good father, good husband, and a good publisher and writer. Uh, he's dedicated to the stories he wants to tell, which is historical stories, which is like uh, hard sledding, but he's, he's fucking uh, foot to the floor. He's committed. Uh, he hires good people. He pays, uh, you know, he pays good wages, um, for indie comics. He's not lowballing anybody. Uh, so good guy. I did a book with him. Gonzo drew the cover for him. Uh, several other local dudes have done work for him. So shout out to Tyler. Sorry. You had to miss it. Uh, but I'm pulling for Liverpool in the, uh, uh, champions league final. I would like to see, uh, Liverpool, you know, they're, they're my, they're my rival in as ever as an Evertonian, but they're from, they're from Liverpool, and so is Everton. So, let's support the local. Yeah, uh, sure. and, he, and he's a Liverpool supporter because everybody is. Um, and next up, Matt Goodall. Matt's been a guest on the show several times. I think he's co-hosted once. Uh, just a great illustrator who keeps trying to slum it in comics, which I don't get. But sure, man, if that's what you want to do. Uh, but uh, he's a great way of like capturing, like draw, like most people when they draw kind of realistic style it can look uh wooden or boring or whatever he has a great way of capturing likenesses and kind of real poses without without them looking stagnant and and they still look like they're flowing um he puts down some bold watercolors that i think i could learn a little bit from you know he doesn't always play it safe which i like 
And uh, so, yeah, you know, I like it in the bedroom. Yeah, I like it in the bedroom. I like it on the artboard. You know, take some risks, push some boundaries. You know, pop a button every once in a while. I'll have your badge for this good all. (laughs) And then last but not least, yeah, he's been at the last several ones, kind of a unofficial uh, guest, but also always a. Always welcome. It's uh, Coop for Hero Initiative. Hero Initiative is a great uh, charity that I uh, fully support. And so, uh, you know, people can go by, pick up some Hero Initiative stuff. They can buy some. uh, Every time time we're at a bar with them, he makes us draw on these coasters. And then, like, four years later, they go up on auction and they look terrible. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, buy a coaster. Um, you know, buy some comics, support the Hero Initiative. It's probably the the charity that I support the most. It's a charity I believe in. It's a charity I will probably rely on at some point in my life when my wife decides when my wife decides this experiment is over <laughs> with the, with the dude who tells her she can't go to bed because he's got a podcast. When that <laughs> when this run ends and my kids uh, don't return my calls, Hero Initiative is going to help me get into an apartment, and I'm not not looking forward to it. But it's good to know it's there, right? You know, it's good to have a backup plan. Yep. You know, some people's backup plan is like, oh, I'll go back and I'll sell cars or I'll go back and I'll do this. And mine is the hero initiative. You know, why do you think I've been so supportive of them? You know, I have two hero that's initiative right. challenge coins. You don't do those. anything without getting something out of it. That's right. They're the charity, not me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but the, that's the crew at Acme X. And a big shout out to... Uh, the Banks family at Samurai Comics for um, for putting us putting us uh, in a place for ten years, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, always uh, always in debt to everyone who shows up, spends their Saturday. People who come out spend their Saturday, and guests who come out and spend their Saturday. It's it's humbling, and I hope we had a rager Friday night. I mean, I know I sound like I shouldn't be raging at anything, but I. We have these after parties. Everyone, everyone's like, "What are we doing afterwards?" And then no one shows up. So, if it's just fucking me and Gonzo who doesn't drink, and Alexis because he feels like he has to hang out, I'm gonna be upset. So, let's pretend it was a good turnout. Shout out to the Casual Pint for hosting us. This a nudge to future past me. Yeah, I'm looking right at you, buddy. There's a pint, a casual pint with your name on it, and you just sat there like you're dead. You know, you buy the pint for the guy at the bar who's died. It's just sitting there getting warm. Except I'm sitting there in front of it. I'm not dead. I'm just not drinking it. Right. And Layman goes to take a sip, and I slap his hand. It's not for you, buddy. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, thanks for everyone for supporting Acme for the last 10 years. Technically, uh, 11 years because we skipped a year Uh, because of COVID. Um, have you watched anything this week other than just work? Like, have you been listening to anything uh, or watching anything? Did the first few episodes of Shining Girls. Sames. Uh, I fell asleep during the third one. Yeah, I think uh, I kind of. Not because that. I don't like it, but just because I'm old. Well, so my wife's read the book. And she, I think she read it. She listened to it and then read it as well. And, uh, so all I did for the first two episodes was throw out theories. And normally I'm pretty good at this, but I was dead wrong until I got it before they revealed it, but I got it. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's whatever. It's a fun show. Um, yeah. So yes. Um, yeah. I like, I guess I, I don't, do I like it? I don't know. I find it compelling. Yeah. Uh, I like, uh, so yeah, I li- through the first, two episodes i still don't really know right what's happening right but it's compelling enough and not annoying to keep you interested yeah i I usually have a bit of a problem with the uh the mystery porn genre that doesn't explain anything doesn't give you any sort of rules and just kind of drags you along i don't appreciate it because usually it's not done in an interesting way um but i find i find this compelling probably just compelling enough it's just it's just over the line for me Um, yeah 
Well, uh, are there three episodes out? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, so I feel like once you watch the third one, you'll be on board. Uh, uh, or so, maybe yeah, more on board. I, yeah. Uh, and I like I like that HBO is doing stuff weekly. Oh, it's Apple. Oh, sorry. My next two, my next two are HBOs, and they're also weekly. But yeah, I, I like I don't I like that I don't have to binge it because when you binge something, it's like racing to the finish, and I don't like that. So I like the oh, we got to wait. We watched one. Now we can change the channel, watch something else. I'm, we're not committed to it for four fucking hours. Right. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah, all, H- uh, HBO does it. Yeah, it's it's a good thing, you know. Yeah, tease me a little bit. That's right. Tick a little, little bit, and then walk yeah. away. Come back yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. Make me half a sandwich, yeah. and then come back a week yeah, later. Just tips, okay. Yeah, that's right. Just a little reach around. Uh, so two two HBO shows. One is the new season of Barry. Barry started up. I think there's three episodes out. Uh-huh. Uh, Barry's great. Uh, he's off the fucking rails in season three. Um, so if you have, if you, I mean, the first two seasons were great. So Barry's super fun. I really enjoy it. Uh, and then also there's a show by the, uh, the creators of the wire about uh, police corruption in Baltimore. It's called we own this city and it's got uh, Shane from the walking dead and the punisher that actor, John Bernthal. Oh yeah. And he's got like a bowl cut, thing going on with like a shaggy goatee Ugh. like he like he looks like he should be like driving a horse and buggy but he's shaggy a goatee sounds terrible yeah and he's got like highlights and shit because it takes place like in the 90s late 90s um but also has a lot of actors from the wire in it like i said same creative team behind it and it's it's great as someone who is uh, married to a public defender uh things about police corruption and shit are are awesome and we're really enjoying mm-hmm. it and that's uh, very well made. I think there's also three episodes out. Uh, we own this city. And everyone has HBO, so no excuses. We own this city. Ba, ba, ba. All right. Two last sports things, and then I'll get to some comic wrecks. And I actually thought of a question for you when we get to the comic wrecks. Um, <coughs> excuse me. This past Sunday, Everton picked up a huge three points against Chelsea. Yes, we were at yeah. home. Yes, we're at home, but Chelsea is a top four team or competing to be a top four team. They might be like in sixth right now, uh, but they're not far off the pace. They're still third. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, we got a goal. I, I'm glad that it wasn't a – we won one nothing. I'm glad it wasn't a penalty shot goal. Those feel cheap. Um, it was a legit goal. Chelsea defender screwed the pooch. Uh, Richarlison, he's Brazilian. He was there to get the ball, put one in the net for us. But then about 20 minutes later, Jordan Pickford made a three-save sequence that is, well, two-save and then another a save off a corner. So in about the span of 20 seconds, he made three spectacular saves. Uh, he took one straight off his face from like like a foot away maybe. Chelsea, Chelsea uh, striker just unlo- unlo- unloaded. And then like uh, it ran right into uh, Pickford's face like 12 inches later. He just collapsed on the ground. So uh, good looking out, Jordan Pickford, England's number one. Uh, shout out to Everton, still alive. Five games left, still down in the in the relegation zone. That's great. Game in hand. We're going to do good. We got a tough game this weekend. I mean, they're all tough games. I think we play Leicester this weekend. Um, but yeah, and then also shout outs to, I know you don't give a shit about MLS, but tonight the uh, Seattle Sounders won the, CONCACAF Champions League, the North American, uh, Central American, and Caribbean countries. They won the club CONCACAF title for that, and uh, they get to move wow. on to the world, the Club World Cup. So they'll represent these this continent, basically, in the Club World wow. Cup, where they're bound to get murdered by whoever the fuck won the Bundesliga is going to beat us the like real 15 team? to nothing. Yeah, but uh, shout out to the Sounders. I like Seattle. I like the Sounders. It's a good name. I mean, they're not... They're not my team. Yeah, it is a good name. They're not my MLS squad, but they're fine. Good for them. They're no. They're no Austin. Uh, all right. Who is though? And then, the Verde. That's who is currently in second place in the West in only their second year of existence. Recognize Austin FC, baby. Um, two comic wrecks and one and one got me thinking about another question. So Human Target continues to be great. The first six issues are out. They're taking a break. But it continues to be front runner for the Eisner in whatever fucking category they want it to be in. It is stunning. 
Uh, and then I wrapped up the Magic Order, Stuart Emanin's second volume of the Magic Order for Mark Millar. The third volume with Gigi Cavanago starts in a couple months. Uh, Murder's Row of Talent. Um, but so I was super excited. I got to color Stuart on a thing, which uh, yeah. was super exciting. It's like a bucket list thing that just kind of popped, you know, it became a, an option, basically. Basically because Stuart's like, I don't care. So I think that's how I got the job, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was, like I said, a bucket list thing. Stu's probably my favorite superhero artist currently working, favorite artist currently working. I always shout out uh, uh, Red, uh, what is it? Russian Olive to Red King. It's a book he did for Ad House, I believe. Uh, super great book. Check that out. Uh, but then I got me thinking, is there a guy who, um, I mean, you pencil and ink, but I think you're a super capable inker. Would there be a guy, like if something came up and they need you to, to, to pitch in to, to hit a deadline. Is there a guy that you would be intimidated to ink, but also super excited to ink, mm. which is tough because a lot of guys just ink themselves. So that wouldn't be an issue, but, or is there a guy that you want to do layouts for a writer you want to work with? Is there like a bucket list creator you want to work with? Even if it's um, just on a cover or something. Oh, I don't know that I've ever been asked the inking question. That's uh That's an interesting one. Because you earlier this year, or maybe late last year, you were doing some inking tests and posting them to your Twitter and stuff. Yeah, that's I was going to mention him. I think Ryan Otley would be fun for my sort of line sensibilities. Um, I think Ed McGinnis would be a fun ink. Um Yeah. Yeah. Otley, there, you, that's a game. Yeah. Otley's ink color kill. Yeah. There you go. Otley's good because, but you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta go like break, uh, Cliff Rathburn's hand or something if you want mm -hmm. that gig. Um, which I do not recommend, by the way. I don't know Cliff, but Cliff's a good artist too. I used to follow him on DeviantArt back in the day. Cliff is a very, uh, very good artist. Yeah. He's a, he's a Renaissance man. Yes. He's right up there with, um, who did I mention? Leonardo earlier? da Vinci. Yeah. Oh, Jay Photos. They're, they're all Renaissance men. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't know. Now that I'm coloring so much, I am. I I am not enjoying. Like, in, I used to enjoy inking more than anything else. Then it became coloring more than anything else. And now that I'm coloring other artists, I'm so dissatisfied with what I turn out myself. I don't even like inking. I'm even starting to like in my head. I'm starting to like use other words like drawing drawing the final line rather than inking because a lot of it just feels like <laughs> oh. you're going in you know a lot of it just feels like you're going in with a marker drawing you know it might be final a line might be a pressure sensitive marker but uh, a lot of my stuff doesn't feel like inking i'm not doing a lot of feathering i'm not doing it a lot of hatching um so it almost just feels like i'm inking with like a you know a micron or something like that a lot of the time but uh yeah i mean i like i said i i don't know I would like to do a book with Andy, which we've talked about. He'd be a great guy to color. Phil's always a great guy to color. Uh, you know, I'd like to color maybe Becky Cloonan, uh, Chris Somney, but he has the best colorist in the in the world coloring him. Um, obviously, Mignola, who has tied for the best colorist, you know, another best colorist in the world. Um, I don't think my I don't think my work would be received well on Mignola. I think it's so specific to Dave Stewart. But he would be very fun. I think I would render it too much. I'd be keep, you know, like when I worked with Phil on Family Tree, he was very cognitive of like, yeah, as little rendering as possible, as close to flat colors as possible, but make him interesting flat colors. And then when I <laughs> when I color you, like just today, I was coloring a page and I was thinking like, you know, because there's an airbrush style to coloring, and then there's like a, what they call cell shading, the hard cut shadows as opposed to the blended shadows. And today when I was coloring, I think it was, uh, might've been Brainiac's hair, sexy, uh, sexy wig that guy wears. So uh, I was Jonathan Brandis hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sequest DSV. And I was like, uh, like I love, I don't ever want to color not in this style. Like I love the, the cell shading it goes back to Batman, the animated series. It goes back to the artists, you know, uh, you know, Otley or Somni, these guys, um, so yeah, I, I I love. I'm not sick of coloring yet, which is good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, 
got people that are super over detailed. I don't think I, I don't think I'm necessarily the right guy for them, but people who are a little blockier, a little uh, heavier on their line weights, a little stockier in their art style, I think I, I work well with. But it would be fun to see you ink somebody. Because when I ink you, it's painfully obvious that I inked it. I, all I see is my mistakes. Um, but it might be interesting to see you ink someone and try to hide your style. You know, don't Kevin Noll it. Kevin Nolan it. Try to, I don't know. I don't want to insult any inkers by saying they're just tracers, but uh, preserve as much of the original pencil line work as possible while still trying to put a little bit of your spin on it. I think, I think would be interesting. Yeah, maybe. Eh, yeah. I was talking with somebody today and that might be something I may end up pursuing. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's what percentage of I don't know. Penciler doesn't sound right anymore. Right. I really like the term. It's almost um, like layout artist and finisher. Yeah, it's like art originator. I don't know. It, but what percentage of people working do you think don't also do finished line work i think it's less than 50 percent. yeah these days i mean i see like um you know like phil is just a penciler and he pencils pretty tight but i think that's a rarity you know because oh plus like if you're i mean if you're if you're offered to ink if you have an editor who's going to let you ink yourself you might as well make an extra paycheck because then you don't have to pencil nearly as tightly. So you're that's it's not it's not twice it's not twice as much work to pencil and ink a page if you're the if you're the one artist. You know what I mean? Especially now with digital inks when you can pretty much draw it, and yes, ink. That's and exactly undo, it. Undo whatever if you I'm want. doing pencils tight enough for somebody else to be able to decipher, I might as well just finish it. Right. Yeah, so I think that's why, especially digitally, I mean, I don't know anyone who just pencils digitally. Like I think everyone who works digitally inks themselves because, again, you don't have to have that control anymore. You know, like uh, you can get a digital brush that goes thick to thin. You can set the smoothing feature on it and get a almost a perfect circle if you're patient enough with it. Um, I don't like, uh, you know, I, I had to use that today. I used that a couple times today. The smoothing feature to to get the you know the line exactly what I wanted as opposed to, and that's just that's cheating as shit, you know, like that doesn't exist in the real world. Like it would be wonky in the real world. Oh, wow. Um, but we're also, we don't live in the real world. <clears throat> Sometimes it feels like it, but we're also in the business of, uh, you know, monthly or semi-monthly cranking out pages. I don't, right. I don't, I don't understand how people can just Shit work to make work to make every page something that is, is worthy of being a piece of art. Sometimes I think pages are to get you to the next page. If that makes any sense without pissing no, off. That anybody, makes total sense. Anybody who pays me to do things, you know, like we talked about that a little bit today, like uh, layouts, are they too confusing? When do you, when do you use exciting different layouts as opposed to a grid format? And that's kind of what I'm going with there. It's like, if, if two dudes are just talking, grid that shit out. So then in the next page, have a diagonal panel or ha we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but have exciting panel layouts when exciting shit is happening. You know, if two dudes are sitting in a diner, I don't need a bunch of inset panels and diagonal panels and, you know, shit like that. But that's just me. Who am I? I'm nobody. You're not nobody. I'm the second not best. I'm the third best. I'm be third best artist named Ryan in the Valley that I know of. You know, there's probably, and I'm talking about comics exclusively. I'm not even the best Ryan in Phoenix who draws comics. You know, I'm third best, and there's got to be some dude out there. I don't know. I think Ryan Kincaid, an artist named Ryan Kincaid, might live in the Valley. Put me at number four. You know what I'm saying? Lots of Ryans. Lots of parents choosing Ryan back in the late 70s, early 80s. Not even then. There's a 14-year-old right now out there named Ryan that's knocking on the door yeah oh yeah he doesn't take i mean the door's open he just has to stroll past me while i sit here and medicate myself on a wednesday night um 
but yeah, that's it. I just wanted to recommend some stuff. Do you have anything? Did you have time to put no. anything together? Uh, what, Shining Girls? Uh, I think we talked about our range maybe last time. I don't know, but that I is don't know not if... a wreck. Okay, that's a wet part of a show. Josh Brolin can't save it. Oh, um, yeah, what else? Um, watched uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy with the oldest. Um, I think he liked the first two okay. He couldn't do rises in one sitting. Were you talking like Bane the whole time? Uh, I prepared him before we started the movie. But, but did you do your the rest impression? of the week? This is how I'm gonna sound. Yeah. Would you like some milk with that? I can't do a good bait. <laughs> He's just stuffy and throaty. So I like my the darkness is your ally. It's so good. It's my favorite one. I like it more than Dark Knight. I uh I like those movies and they're obviously really well done. I do not like uh um Patrick Bateman or whatever his name is as he played Patrick Bateman in a movie. I don't I don't like what's his name as Batman. Justin Bateman. Yes. Jason Bateman. Yeah. Justin? Justine's his sister. Not yes. Justin. There's no Justin Bateman. Yeah. They're all beautiful people. Um yeah, I, Justine I, Bateman as Batman. Yeah, I just don't uh, I didn't like his Bruce Wayne. I guess I just you know, nothing's I, good enough. I hadn't seen any of them for several years. And on the rewatch, they suffer from a lot of Nolan isms in his yes. script where things are I don't know. It, 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 the dialogue is very stilted and on the nose a lot of the time. And I w wasn't prepared for how stupid the bat suit looks and how much it squishes his face and his lips are always sticking out. Then when he uses the Batman voice with his duck lips, it looks weird. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't not like him. Swear to me. Like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes I think Nolan can write too intelligently. You know, he, his characters uh, kind of talk like people don't talk. Yes, it's sound. The, the Yes, the dialogue sounds like a writer trying to write characters that are smarter than they are. Yeah, and I also don't appreciate how in... Uh, rises bane I, I it's it's not explicitly said how much time passes and that bothers me because oh. it can it can snow tonight yeah was, so that doesn't that doesn't mean anything it was like three months something like that i don't know yeah see Whatever. why not have why not have it an old school me. why not have an old school shot in there of the calendar page flying off you know calendar page flying off yeah some tim burton shit in your uh nolan shit yeah, I, I, I love Bane. I think he's great. I think he's great. Just Tom Hardy, just a mountain of a man in that movie. Oh, he was on all the juice Ugh. for that movie. Literally, right? Yeah. Isn't that what Bane is supposed to be like on roids or yeah. venom? And when that business guy tells the other guy not to leave, don't leave. I'm in charge. And Bane just like rests his hand on his shoulder. Says, Do you feel in charge? Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> All right, well, we'll end on that. Oh, would you rec would you recommend people go back Something and rewatch the trilogy? Oh, um, it's uh, it's so much different than the Marvel movies <clears throat> in a good way, ish, maybe. I don't know. It, it, it's a it's, ringing endorsement. It's heavily thematic. So if, if you like somebody wearing a boxing glove with theme written on it and getting punched in the face for two and a half hours, 
They're your movies. It's like right. I played a drinking game with Batman Begins where I took a drink every time somebody said fear and now I'm dead. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, My fine. Di- yeah, do yeah. it. If you're just a Marvel, if you're just a Marvel head, go seek those out and maybe you'll, maybe you'll like them. Probably not though. Probably not. No, um, if Groot is your thing, then you know, you're not going to give a fuck about Two-Face. So speaking of yeah. things that aren't, speaking of things that aren't great, this uh, warm ass tequila lime club soda drink. I think if I I think if I loaded it with some ice cubes, it'd be much better. So I think I'm gonna go do that because I still have half a half a drink here. I might go have a fever dream. Who knows? A fever dream. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I may not even wake up tomorrow. And if I don't, I'll let you know that episode two forty eight was probably my favorite podcast we've ever done together. Oh. Why don't you? Well, uh, um, I don't know what to say to that. Why don't you uh, uh, sign off, sign us off? Tell listener, tell listener what to do. Uh, yeah, I guess go to bed. Why are you still listening? Go home. <laughs>